0: Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast, Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast empowering female leaders. I am very pleased to welcome today Sandy Grigsby, who is a self-image branding expert, TEDx speaker, author, confidence catalyst, and founder of Brio5, a personal branding photography studio. For over 17 years, Sandy has cultivated extensive expertise in and explored the relationship between the fields of digital media and confidence development to help clients unlock and communicate their wow factor in a visually compelling way. Sandy, that's Sounds really exciting. Self-image branding expert. Wow. Can you tell us
1: a bit more about what you're actually doing? So what I actually do is I help people really understand how they want to come across, how they define themselves. And once they're clear on that, I mean, laser focus clear, I actually show them how to represent that visually and in person, both online, on the stage, and however they're going to present themselves. So that could look like the way that they speak, the way that they dress themselves, the way that their photos look. And the goal is, is that when someone sees you, if they see you in a video, if they see you on your social media profile, if they Google you, if they meet you in person, they should feel like they already have a connection to you because you're being yourself. You're being the real true you, not the mask that we put on to show the world. And people want that. They want that authenticity now. And when they feel like they can connect with that, They feel closer to you and they feel more trust.
0: That makes me think of a sentence that I recently heard, that the world wants perfectionism, yet we are all craving for authenticity. And authenticity has become very rare these days, especially with certain social media accounts popping up and filters on videos which everybody put on. With a
1: world full of fake. Everything's fake. Everything's filtered. I see people, beautiful people, who put filters on. It's like, why are you wearing a filter on your videos and your images? You're gorgeous already. You don't need it. And when you see this, it's like, I'm sure you've experienced walking into a room and seeing someone that you've only seen online or in photos and they look totally different. It's kind of like you're either taken aback, like, whoa, that's not what I expected, or you're like, whoa, they're so much prettier than they look in their pictures. So it's that whole messaging. There's so many filters. There's so many things that people are doing that's making them not come across as authentic and that trust gets diminished. So the key is how do you look fantastic? And I don't just mean physically. I mean everything, the words that you're using, that the way that you're communicating your message so that when people see you online, because that's usually where it starts, and then meet you in person, it's what you see is what you get. and. I mean, they expected it and they have more trust. And that's the goal.
0: And at the same time, it's the opposite of what most people do. Because we try to look perfect on everything, which we publish basically, photos, videos. And at the same time, it's not the truth which is out there. And As you say, it undermines the credibility as soon as then you meet someone. And I believe as well that it undermines the trust that people have in themselves. Because yes, if you permanently are someone different. They yes. Have- you're
1: not good enough. <laughs> exactly. And then people feel like they have to show up like that. And then they can't. So they don't. And that's how you get the people who hide. So you're either hiding through filters or you're hiding in real life. And you know what I mean by hiding, Enrique? It's when you go to someone's profile and there's no photo, there's nothing about them. Half the time, there's not even a name. But then they're t- talking about their business. And you're like, who are you? I get those requests all the time on social media. I'm like, I always have to say, what's your name? Because I can't figure it out from your profile and there's no picture of you and you're hitting me up for work. Who are you? Are you a scammer? Like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. Where do you start
0: with people? Because I can imagine that everybody wants to shine, obviously, but then this approach of being authentic and not putting filters on and being just natural can be pretty challenging, I guess, for many.
1: Where do you start? Yeah. So I usually begin with how you define yourself. Now, with my clients, I start actually a little bit before that. I actually start with their fears. So I have to really understand what is holding them back, what's preventing them from putting themselves out there. And if they are putting themselves out there and they've got all the filters and everything on, understanding their fears gets me super clear on why they're doing that. And then once I get through that, I define who they are or how they define themselves. I like to say that instead. And we go through their words. So for example, Ulrike. I want you to think of when you were a little girl between the ages of as far back as you can remember, so two to about six years old, what were you like? I was... I think I was rather
0: shy, rather a dreamer in my life. As a little girl, I remember that even though my parents always told me, "Ah, I'm so lively, I didn't have that feeling. I was very shy with other kids. You know, when you went on holidays, when other kids make so easily friends, I was really terrified by that. And I found that very difficult. So I don't remember if actually I made friends at the end or not, but I remember very well that I was terrified. (laughs) And how were you with animals and how were you with creating things and, and doing things alone. How were you? I loved animals always, very much. That was something I had a good access to, and I got a cat when I was very small. She she came into my life when I was three or four years old and stayed there for 17 years or so, <laughs> so a long time. Was I creating something by myself by that age? I have actually no clue. Later on, yes, I became very creative in different senses and still am a pretty creative person. At that age,
1: I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Okay. So you, you were shy, you were loving because you loved animals and give me one more word to describe you as a child. I was moving a lot. I was very active. Active.
0: active. Yeah. I was perfect. A lot with boys. I had only boys as friends actually. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> I know it that feeling. Like, okay, <laughs> Active. I love it. Okay. So now how would you describe yourself today? how would I describe myself today? Well, I'm really creative.
0: I'm very energetic. I think energy is the first word that people describe me with when they have to say just one word. And I feel that as well. And I had a lot of passion for what I'm doing. Yeah.
1: So energetic, passionate, creative. Yeah. And then your words as a little girl, shy, loving, and active. Mm -hmm. So you could see a little bit of overlap. The active and the energetic, those kind of go together. So that's, that's sort of the process that I take people on. Then there's one more question I ask. Ulrike, what is your favorite animal? A cat. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go there. I just need to hear you say it. Okay. So cat, name three things or three adjectives to describe a cat. Independent, courageous,
0: and how to say... I don't know how to say it right in English. Actually, it's nonchalant. Do
1: you know that word here that they don't care? Yeah, no, nonchalant. Yeah, they're just, they're, yeah, yeah. yeah, they do what they want. <laughs> okay, perfect. So those three words to describe the cat are actually describing you. And that's why I take all of those words. And we'll, we'll add more like words that other people to use to describe you and things like that. And I have you spread them all out on a table. So in your imaginary table, just remember, uh, think of them as all laid out. Then I want you to pick out of all of those words... The five that best suit you. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would they be? What would they be? I mean, courageous is pretty. Is is actually true? Yes, courageous. I can relate to that very well. <laughs> yeah, courageous. Uh, the one. energetic piece. The creative one, definitely. I think independent. Yes. Mm-hmm. One is missing now. I think. What do I have on my list? I didn't
1: write them down. So you had loving, shy, loving. Yeah, yeah, active creative, independent. Okay. So you said creative, independent, loving, energetic. Yes. And then the other one was courageous. Courageous. I love it. Okay. So all of those words, those are now your new words moving forward for your brand. And you can see, and actually you did pick one of your childhood words. It was loving. But the reason I use the childhood words is because as a child, that's where our true personality resided before we had traumas or life experiences or things that shaped us. So that is the underlying part of who and how we actually define ourselves. So, loving really a big one. Shyness could have just come out of not being not experiencing much and and being, you know, some kids are just shy because they're not used to it, but loving and active because active and energetic lineup. So now when you take those words, now you know what they are, you can move forward on creating a brand that speaks true to you because you can do things with those words. The the way that you speak can communicate, you can communicate that you're a loving person and that you're courageous in the way that you motivate and uplift people and you you share with them. You can communicate your creativity and the art that you put out or the way that you you speak or the way that you create videos and content. So these words can get delivered in so many ways in your personal brand to show how and who you really are. And that's where I take my clients on a path of authenticity with their personal brands. And then we go in even deeper into the way that you dress. What is your subconscious style? A lot of times the way that we dress is a learned behavior. We learned to dress a certain way from a parent or friend or from media. And it's not really our taste. We do it because of pressure. We do it because of what's trending right now. And when you actually start to tap into what your subconscious loves, you'll realize there's a shift that happens. And then you start dressing in a way that really feels great to you. And when you do that, the power is you feel so much more confident and you feel more emboldened to be yourself because you're like, you know what? I'm wearing something vintage and I look darn good in it. And I love it. It ignites me. And then you act differently when you go out because you act with more confidence. And these are the things that I use, the tools that I use to start helping someone really create a personal brand that's authentic and true to them. So when they show up as that, people see that, recognize it, and are not only attracted to it, but trust it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because people feel immediately if it's authentic or if it's just you know fake, actually.
1: Yes. Yeah. And you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen Someone walk in wearing something insane. You know the crazy hat, and they have the spiked up hair, and and the the makeup. They're like, I could never get away with that makeup. I look crazy if I wear that makeup. But they look so good in it, right? And they're wearing the funky shoes and the ripped jeans or whatever it is, and all the jewelry, and they've got everything going on. You're like, man, I would look so crazy in that outfit. But they look so good, and something about them hypnotizes you. It kind of draws you in. When they speak, you perk up and you listen. And then you start inquiring about where did you get that outfit? And why do you wear those shoes? And the next thing you know, you're mesmerized by them, even though you would think I could never get away with that. Well, they're being authentic. And that authenticity is giving them the confidence. And that's what you're attracted to. You're attracted to their magnetism and to the fact that they made choices that are true to them and they're not following a trend. And that's really powerful. I can relate to that because like four years ago, I would not
0: have been able to do that at all because I wasn't confident enough. And as you say, when I went to a networking event, I put on something I I would feel good with, but rather in the sense that I should look like I think people should see me, not how I really feel good. I didn't even ask that question. It was rather about how do I come across in the best possible way? And then you focus so much on yourself and how you stand and what you say that you're not authentic at all. You lose All the energy is, nothing, you know, shining, nothing radiating because you're all inward focused in this very moment. And I realized today it's very different and um, I'm much more able to be bolder in my look when I go out and all of that. But it's not something that I had just like that. How do you bring
1: people on this journey? Because it needs courage. It needs a lot of self-confidence as well. Well, it, it goes back to the fears part. So when I take them through this process of really understanding what is it that you're afraid of? People generally fall into the bucket of fear of failure, or believe it or not, fear of a lack of legacy. So, not fulfilling their destiny, not doing that thing that they were supposed to do. And, and those are usually the two things. And, and in essence, they're the same because it's always a fear of failure. I fail at completing my legacy or doing the thing that I was meant to do or completing all the things on my wish list or I just failed at it, period. So when people have this fear of failure, it causes them to fall into another bucket of being something that they're not and putting on the show. And it's not about putting on the show. It's about really understanding, okay, I'm afraid of failing. Okay, let's really analyze that. Have I actually failed before? Hmm, yes, I failed before. Well, what was the outcome of that? Well, I'm here now. You know, I got this opportunity because I failed or I learned so much and I was able to teach other people or I learned and then I managed to do it right because I learned how not to do it. And you realize that your failures are actually opportunities to grow and be better. And when you realize that each each and every failure is an opportunity and you can learn and be better from that, it makes it so much easier to not fear failure. You're like, oh, okay. So I have a podcast, right? I'm going to make a brand new one. The first is your worst. It's going to suck. No one's going to listen. If you know that going in, then the next one's easier and the next one's easier. And before you know it, once you've done 30 episodes, you're a rock star. Moving forward, you know how to do the podcast. You're slaying it. You're super confident. Then guess what? Launch a new podcast. Do it again. Do it at your best because you've already had all the failures from before. And that's what people overlook is you have to fail. And once you fail, it's easy to then step into your confidence and move forward and be better.
0: Yeah. Seeing failure as a learning opportunity, basically. And that's the whole trick. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> I yeah. failed quite a bit in my life. And uh, I'm actually, I, someone asked me, what would you change if you could go back and change something? I said, you know, really nothing. Because the things that I teach people today and the skills that I have today are based off of all of my failures. I'm, I, I love how I am today and it's because of those failures and I cherish them. I wouldn't take any of them away because that would make me someone else. And I like who I am. Yeah, that's right. And without failure, I think there's no
0: growth. You, you need exactly. to go, come across, you need to go through these difficult situations. And in hindsight, they are not that bad because, A, you see you're still alive. yeah, And certainly you're even in a better position at the end than you were before. And as you say, it makes you richer because you start really understanding yourself. You start to grow. You have this opportunity to share with other people because you learn something out of that. It's a called experience at the end. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. I have another question. Where do you start from? Because you have a personal branding photography studio. So mm-hmm. are you working particularly with photography so that people can somehow see themselves differently in an image that is taken from them?
1: Is that a technique that you use? Yes and no. So it, so here's what happened. I actually started out as a web developer. and And prior to that, paying my way through college, I was a commercial print model and an actress. So this was like back in the late 90s, early 2000s. When I was going to university, the easiest way to pay for it was side gigs. And side gigs, it didn't take away from school. So I booked modeling jobs. I had an agent in San Francisco. And I was working for, you know, companies, big companies like T-Mobile, Apple computers, Sony, things like that. And that's where I got my experience being in front of the camera. And When I went to university, I ended up getting a degree in visual communications, which taught me graphic design. And I started interning for one of the top photographers. And then he hired me straight out of internship. And I was his lead web developer. So I would design and develop the websites for his high profile clientele, which were all movie stars and famous athletes, Olympians, things like that. And then I, I left there And I started working for another photographer doing the same thing. And then eventually I phased out of that from some sexual harassment stuff that made me feel really uncomfortable. And I said, screw this. I'm going to start my own business. (laughs) And when I started my own business, I was again in web development. So I was working for entrepreneurs and small businesses, building their websites so that they can market themselves better online. Now, this was the mid 2000s or 2005. And I realized that I was so good at creating these websites. I would do their logos, their websites, the packaging, everything. But they would give me these horrible photographs of themselves for marketing on their website because I would convince them, you need to be the face of your business. There needs to be a about section about you. You've got to have your personal brand running for you because people want to trust in you because you're the business. And the pictures they gave me were so bad that they conflicted with the great design I did. So I was having a really hard time finding photographers at that time because the internet, people weren't really on it the same way that they are now. It was harder to do a search. So I said to my clients, you know what, I have a fine arts degree. Let me just try to photograph you, see how that works out. And it ended up being okay. I knew Photoshop really well, so I could retouch the pictures to look better. And I ended up learning how to photograph them. And that took over my business. So you have to understand web development and creating online personas for people was my foundation. Photography was a support to that. And then as the years went by, my clients that would come to me exclusively for photography would take these gorgeous pictures, and then they would put them on the web on these hideous websites. So I found myself toggling back and forth. I wasn't so much building websites after the photography part, but I was guiding my clients on how to put themselves out there and make their photos that I was doing for them look better. And then it just broke into the messaging, and it broke into how they dress and how they carry themselves. And with all of my experience, I used everything from modeling to acting to the development to the photography to guide my clients to have the best possible outcome for their final end result. And that's how I got to where I'm at today. So yes, my programs do offer all of the guidance. And in the end, for some of my clients, if they opt to do photos with me, I will do photos with them. And it just, it just depends on the needs and what they want. Do you ever have clients who then say, no, I'm not that beautiful. The website looks greater than I am. Always. And then we go right back to fears. Like, okay, remember that first lesson we did? Let's go back there. Because when people are stuck on, I don't look great, it's usually some sort of lack of confidence, some sort of trauma that they experienced in their past. It's generally not true. I, If you go to my website, brio5.com, and you look at the photographs of everyone on my website, Every single person on there is a regular person, not a model. And that's really important. All of those people, the vast majority of them, I think there's like two people that are an exception, but the vast majority of all the people on there say, I'm not photogenic. I'm not pretty. I'm not this. I'm not that. All these things. And I've proven them wrong every single time. And I believe that everyone is gorgeous. Everyone has something about them that shines, but they have to see it. And they have to own what it is about them that's special for that to come through. So the perfect example is there's a before and after on my website. And the person that I worked with came to me from a nonprofit organization where they help people find success and place them in jobs. It's called Dress for Success. And when she came to me, she was in her, her mid-40s. And she told me that, I, I'm old. I don't know what you're going to do with me. I, I'm don't feel comfortable in front of the camera, all of these things. And I wasn't going to listen to her because I was like, you're only 40, I think she was like 46, 47. You're not old at all. You're super young and I don't know what you're talking about. And so I took her, dressed her differently in a way that was more suitable to her because she was wearing just sort of whatever for from the Dress for Success program, which was still nice clothing. But I found something that was more tailored to her face shape and and her coloring and everything. And then I changed her hair because she was of African-American descent and her hair was very fine. She actually had very little hair and she was wearing wigs because of that. And the hair was the wrong hair. So we swapped the wig for one that actually matched her face and her eyebrows and her coloring and was the proper wig for her. And it changed everything. And then I drew her out by asking her what she was really good at. And for a while she couldn't place it. So I said, okay, tell me about your life. And it turns out that she had two sons, and I didn't learn this until a little bit after. I thought it was only one, but two sons that had cerebral palsy. So I said, when your first son was born, were you confident in dealing with a baby that had cerebral palsy or any sort of disability? And she said, no, I didn't know what I was doing. I go, did anyone help you figure it out? She thought about it. She was quiet for a minute. She goes, no. I said, well, what did you do? And she looks at me and she goes, I had to figure it out. And that was the moment when I said, do you think today, her son was at that time about 18, 19 years old. Do you think today if a mother came to you with a newborn baby that had cerebral palsy and she said, can you help me? I don't know what to do. Do you feel confident that you could show her everything she needed to know to properly raise that child to be the best version of him or her? And she thought about it and she looks me in the eye and she goes, absolutely. And that's when I had her close her eyes, hold that moment in her mind, and then open her eyes to the camera. And the end result was so powerful. It shifted completely from this woman who didn't find herself attractive, thought she was old, had nothing going for her, wasn't capable to this powerhouse, this gorgeous, radiant, magnificent creature. And if you go on my website and you look at that picture, you will get chills because she is so radiant and she looks like a high-powered executive CEO. And her before, she looks so meek. It's just completely shocking between the difference. So when it comes to people... I feel that everyone's beautiful. Everyone has that special magic that sits inside them. They just have to see it for themselves. And I help them do that. When they see it for themselves, is it a lasting effect on them? Because at the moment it's a big aha moment. But can they carry it through? The magic behind the carrying it through is also looking back at your photographs. So when you look when she looks back at that moment in that photo, she goes, Oh yeah, that's me. Okay. And it reminds her of those things. She actually went on. On to getting a job right away. And she started speaking. She started speaking on stages and she helps other moms who were from low income situations dealing with children, single moms, rise above and claim their power and their sovereignty and be better than what they had thought of themselves in the past. So, yes, I absolutely believe so. I've had so many of my clients say, you know, I used to doubt myself and this and that. And now I look at the beautiful pictures you took and it just shifted everything for me. And I know I can do it. My clients even get giant prints. I mean, wall-sized prints and put it up of themselves so that when they're feeling unsure, they look at that image and go, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and it, it's not just necessary through, through images. You can do it through video. You can do it through writing in a gratitude journal. You know, this is a really big thing. I, I say to my clients, Write every single night three things that you're grateful for, and they have to be different. You can never duplicate them each night. And the power of that is at the end of the month, at the end of the year, when you're feeling down, you're having that low moment, go back and read that journal and go, oh my gosh, I forgot about all these wonderful things that happened that day. All of the things that I've done to change someone's life, things that other people have done, things that have made me smile and things that I just overlooked or forgot about or, or diminished because of time. And when you do that, it's invigorating and it reignites you and it reminds you of your confidence and your power that's inside of you. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that answers nearly my last question, which is about actually
0: (laughs) what can people do first? Because the questions that you asked me in the beginning are great. And I think that's a wonderful starting point to just get some awareness of who you actually are. It's a great trick as well to find your own values in a certain way. Then the next step, obviously, when people say now, okay, but I can't afford now to go to a photographer in any way. I don't even know a photographer who is able to find that in me because I'm scared in front of a camera. What can I do? Where can I start or go a bit deeper into this personality that they can discover with the questions that you raised at the beginning?
1: It's about really being aware, aware of what is holding you back, aware of what those fears are. And once you kind of know, okay, I, I don't feel comfortable in front of the camera. Why do you not feel comfortable in front of the camera? Is it because you don't know what to do? Well, if that's the case, that's easy. Go on YouTube. Go go to follow me at sandyandfocus.com. Learn what to do because I believe confidence comes with experience, not excuses. You can make excuses. I don't look good in front of the camera. Oh, I'm not attractive. I'm not this. I'm not. Those are all excuses. Get past those excuses by having confidence. And that is with experience. So you have to learn these things. Photographers are not great at what they do because they just picked up a camera and got lucky. No, they have many, many, many years of experience. And make them great. And when you really get experienced at things, that confidence comes and then you, you stop doubting yourself and you can go forward and do it. So I tell people, if you are uncomfortable in front of the camera, get experience, put your own camera up, start posing, watch some videos, learn how to do it, try it out on your own, have a friend or a family member, hold it and take pictures of you until, and, and start to look at them and see, okay, you know what? These are looking good now. I like the way this looks. Okay. Now I have the confidence to hire a professional. And if you don't have the money to hire a professional, again, there are so many ways to have your image captured by someone else. Find a student who's building their portfolio. Know that you might not love any of it, but with the experience and them trying again and again, eventually they might get the perfect shot. So there's always a way around it. You just have to get out of your own way and get the experience. Yeah, and then shave your profile online in an authentic way and just be that same person in real life. <laughs> exactly. And if people really want help, go to my website. It's the same as my handle. It's sandyinfocus.com. It's super easy. I have programs. I have free tools. I have videos, all kinds of stuff that you can download and watch and learn to make your life easier. On my blog, I talk about confidence and self-worth and self-image and how to make yourself feel more beautiful, more empowered and better, how to make your life easier, tools, tips and tricks, all kinds of things there.
0: Thank you very much, Sandy. I'm very sure that many of our listeners will go there because they will find a lot of tools and tricks which they can use. And I think everybody's aiming for that. It's it's one of these topics where I know that people... Well, they're very unsure about how they can do that and very unsure about themselves. And it's great that you have this approach of, on the one hand, creating a great image, the famous personal brand, but at the same time, creating the brand from the inside out. And this approach is just really fantastic. Do you want to get free access to my ebook, Top 10 Achievers Lessons? To get your free ebook, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Then send me a screenshot of your review. To my email address, contact at ulrikeseminati.com, and I will send you your ebook straight away. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.